Blog Talk Radio.
evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is Friday night, and if it's Friday night, it is time for Off the Chain. As most of you know, we have changed our time to 9 o'clock Eastern Time. That gives more people the availability to listen to us live and share the show. And that brings me to my next statement. Because of all of you all, this show, which is now headed into its third year, as a reach of over 250,000 listeners in over 200 countries. And that includes all the podcasts that this show shows up on. And I want to thank you all because this is not my show. It's your show. I just facilitate it. It's, it's you show, your show, the listener. It's your show, the guest. And we just keep growing and growing and growing and growing. And it's, it's an amazing thing because it gives my guests the opportunity to be heard in places they might not be heard. I mean, we're talking worldwide, which is unheard of. Now, there's two ways you can get on this show. One, you can come on as a guest, or two, you can become a sponsor for the show. And no, I'm not on it to get rich. I'm not going to get rich. But it gives you the availability to be heard in places, again, you might not be heard Contact me at offthechainradio at yahoo.com, and I will tell you how to do either one or both of those things. You can also contact me on my Facebook page, Yvonne Mason, and you'll know it's me because you will see Off the Chain Radio is the banner, and you will see my profile picture is the my wedding day of mine and my late husband. So with that being said, I want to welcome a new sponsor to the show tonight. Dirt Roads were on this show right before Christmas, and they have songs available to purchase on iTunes, Reverb Nation, Amazon, CD Baby. And ladies and gentlemen, all the proceeds from these songs go to support breast cancer, children's hospital, disabled American veterans, and CERT, capital C, capital E, capital R, capital T. It's the training of K-9 search and rescue and service dogs. Now, these guys live in the state of Pennsylvania, and they don't just live in the state of Pennsylvania. They live up in the mountains of Pennsylvania. So in the wintertime, it gets really, really cold, nasty, and hard to drive. But they continue to do what they do to support these causes. So check them out. Their work is absolutely amazing. They do a blend of rock, blues, old-school rock and roll, jazz, these guys just, they blew me away when I listened to them. And it's called Dirt Road Sunset. The guys in the band, their name is George, Sandy, Dave, and Ed. So check them out. Most of you know Diane Moat. She has been on the show a couple of times. And she has a series of books called the Sam Holden Series. Sam Holden just happens to be her favorite vigilante. The third book in the series Dog Bones is Sam's quest to avenge abused animals, and that quest is threatened when the FBI comes after her on one side and the commissioner wants her dead on the other. Will her double life be exposed? Will Sam be able to protect the animals, her friends, and herself? Check out Dog Bones by Diane Mote everywhere ebooks are sold. And if you haven't started this series, Go on to Amazon and look up Dog Gone by Diane Mote. Again, that's Dog Bones and Dog Gone by Diane Mote. Traveler Pelton. She also has been on the show, and this is one amazing woman. 
As all of her fans know, her newest book, The Importance of Family, <coughs> excuse me, was released at the end of December. She is back with all the political intrigue, hard science fiction, and adventure that her fans have come to expect from her tales. In book eight of the Generations of the Oberlin Family Chronicles, Noah Violet Kai, Zanya Jasmine Scott, Gabriel, Katarana, and their families chase through the world, pitting their family, resources, intellect, and espionage network against the Brotherhood erecting private domes all over their safe houses and laboratories as they are labeled traitors and the military is sent to take them into custody. As the plant's plant life dies from the thickened water, the mutations spread throughout the animal kingdom. The Oberlins are made the scapegoats for all the world's problems. When Micah and Alexander are kidnapped, Noel has to call in help from all the worldwide family to bring them home. As the family worldwide retreat to the domes, they wonder if they will hold enough, will hold through military bombardment. Well, the Earth survivor has the destruction of the environment and the population plummeted on too far to recover. Well, only the people of the domes make it to the next millennium. This book and all of Traveler's books are available on Amazon. Just type in J. Traveler Pelton and you'll be taken to her page. Have a look. Download some for yourself to enjoy, and on, and on those cold, dark, and long winter afternoons when you just want to stay in. God bless, and don't forget to leave them a review on Amazon. They are always appreciated. You can always visit Traveler on her webpage, Traveler Pelton. So check her out. Now, tonight, we have a brand-new guest. She's never been on this show before. She is also an author. And she is calling us from Australia, which is eight hours ahead of us or behind us. I can never keep up. But it's very early in the morning there. And I appreciate so much her being with us for this hour. Author Isabel Blackthorne is the author of five novels, including The Legacy of Old Grand Parks, The Cabin Sessions. These were both released by Hellbound Books and Asylum. The Drago Tree, the Spanish edition, was released in 2017, and A Perfect Square, all of those were released by Odyssey Books. She also has written across a wide range of genres. Her nonfiction and short stories have appeared in journals and anthologies around the world. She is also an animal lover. She lives with her little white cat on the southern coast of Australia. His name is Psychic. Now, she has a new book out called Twerk, which we will get into because the backstory on this book is just absolutely amazing. This woman has got more courage than any human being I have ever met in my life. Isabel, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Yvonne, and what a lovely intro that was. I really enjoyed well, it. <laughs> you are so, you know what I was talking about, you did <laughs> But it's true, it is so true. Now, before we get into your books, let's talk about you, because you're the brand. Your books are just a product of, of what, they just are what you do. So tell me, how in the world, you haven't always lived in Australia, how did you get there? What made you decide to write? And where do you get all these wonderful ideas? Wow, big questions. Okay, 
Well, I'm, I was born in London, in England, and um, my family migrated to Australia um, in the 1960s. And then we went back to the UK and uh, then back again. I've been what they call a ping-pong-pong. That's hard to say, a ping-pong-pong, which means like, uh, migrants that go back and forth between two countries. And um, now I'm here because I have uh, twin daughters who live here, um, and uh, I wouldn't abandon them and my mum, but I have a great passion for the world. I love travelling. I love going back and visiting the UK. And really excitingly, I'm off to America for the very first time um, in two days' time. And I'm visiting Las Vegas, Austin, and San Francisco. And partly, you know, I'm being a spy. I will tell you the truth. I'm actually going to research um, wow. some future work. Yes. <laughs> well, I have to you. try and get my facts right. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you, and, if, um, if you're not going to find any nicer people than when you go to Houston, because when you go to Houston, it's like being in the South, and those Texans know how to be hospitable. Um, you know, I've booked, because I'm traveling alone, and I've booked myself a wine tour. I thought a wine tour in Texas, I am bound to meet some good people. Oh, absolutely. You know, I try not, yeah, you know, by the third wine, we'll all be chatting and best friends forever. I'm really looking forward to that. And, uh, yeah, but be careful if you meet me because you could end up being a character in one of my books. <laughs> that does tend to happen. <laughs> yeah, I tell, I tell my people that all the time. You know, don't piss me off because I know how to kill you off and the body will never be found. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. But um, I've wanted to, I've wanted to be a writer since I was a little girl I really I really did but life you know life has a way of you know unfolding and sweeping you off in first one direction then another and it wasn't until I got to my 40s my mid 40s that I even could begin to think about taking this seriously and by then I was explosive you know I had all these well I didn't have ideas book ideas I just had this passion you know, that just like came up out of me like it's a volcano erupting, like you've got to do this, woman. You know, what a waste of a life if you don't give this a go. So I did. And I was very lucky to uh, be mentored by um, a really uh, classy, you know, author who's uh, won awards here in Australia. And uh, he, he spotted me and, and gave up his time and taught me. Uh, the nuts and bolts of writing, and after that, well, yeah, that's that's that was in uh, uh, 2010, and so for the last eight years, I've been in the you know in the fast lane writing, you know, continuously every day, um, and uh, having a ball. I absolutely love it. Oh, what a life! And and the thing thing is, like you, I I didn't publish until I was in my fifties. I'm in my sixties now. And for many, many years, I was told you're too, basically too stupid to do it because you don't know what you're doing. And when it dawned on me that I'm in control of my destiny, nobody else has the right to tell me what I can and cannot do. And when I watched my younger brother, who's mentally challenged, do the things he wanted to do, and I'm thinking, if, if he has confident enough, confidence enough to do it, What's wrong with me? Yeah, exactly. And a lot of um, writers 
um, when when you're beginning, you know, when you make the decision to actually pursue this, it takes a huge amount of self-confidence and self-belief that mm-hmm. you have it in you. And and that first book, oh dear word, what hard work is that? You know, it's it's terrible. It, you could you yeah, could then, but, but when you but when you hold that finished product in your hand, there's mm. nothing else like it. That's right. It's worth all that, all that sweat and, and tears. <laughs> now, you're going to Las Vegas, you're going to Houston, and where else are you going here in the States? Uh, San Francisco. I'm, I'm, I'm only there for a couple of days, but I've got a short story. Actually, interesting, I've got a short story coming out in an anthology called Time of Violence. It'll be out in um, February, and it's got some real top-name um, authors um, have their shorts in it. Richard Chitsma, um, oh, gosh, just a whole load. Andy Roush, um, James Longmore, James H. Longmore of Hellbound Books is in there. Uh-huh. Just all sorts. Tom Vater, oh, just incredible. Anyway, and uh, that short story is set in San Francisco, and it's going to be the beginning of a, a noir crime trilogy set in the 1980s yeah, around hate Ashbury. Yeah, it takes in it takes in the sort of pre um, high rise San Francisco that is today. The 1980s, the 70s, and 80s. It was a big turning point. It was a massive explosion in construction and so on. And um, yeah, they kind of really changed San Francisco. I've been reading up about it, and um, I wanted to set my my novel, novels, plural, um, around the time of the changes, you know, and the 1980s, of course, you had um, the uh, AIDS ep- epidemic that um, mm-hmm. swept through the gay community of San Francisco. So I'm going to be, you know, talking about that, writing about that. and uh, But, of course, I've got a hard-boiled PI. <laughs> of course you <laughs> yes, do. has to solve the most gruesome, gruesome murders ever I've ever written. So I'm looking forward to tackling that. But, uh, yeah, and then, of course, Las Vegas. Well, that's where Twerk's set. My saucy, my saucy, steamy, uh, dark thriller. Um, and it's kind of weird that I, I've, I've had to write it slightly blind and then end up going there just, uh, you know, six weeks after it, it's published. Um, but what you're going to find is is knowing, just knowing you from what I've read about you, I guarantee that you have completely nailed the environment of Las Vegas and the culture. Oh, I hope so. Las, Las Vegas want... has its own culture. I can, I, you know, I'm getting that. The more I research about America, because, you know, um, not living there and not having friends there for, you know, most of my life, I've never really engaged. I'm sorry to your listeners, but I've never really engaged with America, except that as a child I knew every state. I was fascinated with geography. But now I'm like, whoa, this place is fascinating me. And when I look up, you know, different, um, the different cities and, and whatnot, I'm, I notice these separate identities. Each one uh-huh. is unique. And each each state, but each city and each state is unique. Fantastic, and and, and it has its own is, demographic. Yes, it's amazing. What a what a country, and um, 
in in twerk there are uh, there are two las vegases in twerk i had to do this I, I couldn't help myself because i found another las vegas in new Me- mexico yes and so i've got a i've got a fly in fly out stripper as the main character and she's studying law in las vegas new mexico and she flies for each weekend into las vegas nevada to do her stripping I thought that was kind of cute, cute sort of the two Las Vegas's be able to take them both in. And there's a reason for that that I, would be a spoiler if I went any further about New Mexico. Well, we, must not, we must not spoil it. No. <laughs> but but, uh, the, but the beauty is, as well. the, ladies and gentlemen, the beauty of this particular book that Isabel and I are talking about called Twerk is the inspiration and where it came from for you to even think much less put it in a in a city you've never been to and a country you've never been to where we're all i think half mad but most of the best people are and we're also <laughs> diversified and each city is so unique and you do know that Las Vegas at one time was run by the mob mm, yep so, yep got an underbelly all right Oh, yes, it does, and it's rather rotten. But the inspiration that Isabel got for this book, I want her to tell us about it. But before we go there, we're going to take a quick break, Isabella, because I don't want to break in the middle of your story because this story within itself is so fascinating. And not only is it fascinating, but it it's educational and that you were able to take this story in a direction that most people wouldn't because they wouldn't understand that culture. So with that teaser, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to take care of some business and we'll be right back. This is Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, with my guest author, Isabel Blackthorne from the great country of Australia. Do you have cougars on your porch swing? Are horses your new best friend? Do your nicest shoes get buried knee-deep in snow as your toes turn blue? Are you bothered by wolves at your woodpile? No, not that kind of wolf. Join wildlife artist and author Nancy Quinn and her family as they discover an exciting new life in Go West, Young Woman. A True Montana Adventure, available online and in bookstores. Or visit quinnwildlifeart.com for a personalized signed copy. Critics agree, it's a hoot. Germany, 1938. Charlotte, a young girl of 15, wanders into Georg's cobbler's shop to have her shoes repaired. Georg, enamored by Charlotte's charm and grace, decides then and there that he's going to marry her. But they must keep their love a secret from family, friends, and, most importantly, the Nazis. Follow along as Georg's pursuit of the young Charlotte results in the couple traveling a heart-stopping, winding route to stay one step ahead of the Gestapo in their escape from Nazi Germany, with a surprising twist along the way. If you like history and romance, don't miss Good Things Always Happen in Springtime by Joanne Fisher. Available at www.joannesbooks.com. 
Juliana is a middle-aged housewife in Toronto with a career, a husband that has little interest in her well-being, and three children. In the evenings, she gets on her computer and chats with people around the world. When she gets involved with Aaron and Bobby, her life becomes a pinball, bouncing around her husband, her job, her children, and her two online friends. She's bewitched by the romantic poetry of Aaron, but the honesty and kindness of Bobby bring her all the way to California. Watch for the ironic twist of fate that takes her in a direction she never expected. If you like spicy romances, don't miss With All of Me by Joanne Fisher, available at www.joannesbooks.com. Fiore is a young Italian woman engaged to be married, but her plans are interrupted by a charismatic Sebastian, a handsome middle-aged Spanish businessman. Her beauty strikes him like a thunderbolt sent by the goddess Venus herself. When she's given a peculiar gift, a Spanish doll, she's thrown into a whirlwind of entangled passion, money, secrets, and love. Their romance sparks in a charming little Italian town located on the southern part of Lake Garda in northern Italy and takes them around the globe. What happens when her life is suddenly shattered by a lifelong secret? Her Spanish doll will bring you to a caliente Spain and a romantic Italy, adding some spice along the way. Available at www.joannesbooks.com. Once in a lifetime does a great author set the stage for a wonderful trip into the minds and lives of their characters. Yvonne Mason doesn't just write books, she crafts memorable experiences. Best-selling true crime fiction author Yvonne Mason will leave you on the edge of your seat and checking behind every corner for the weirdos that only real life can breathe. Find her books on Amazon.com and make sure you check out such titles like Dreamcatcher, Failure Was Never an Option, The Pink Canary, and Silent Scream today. And we are back. This is Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, with my guest tonight, author Isabel Blackthorne from the wonderful, wonderful country that is on my bucket list, Australia. And before the break, we were talking about the book that Isabel has released like six weeks ago. So it's a brand new book called Twerk. Now, Isabel said it in the city of Las Vegas, Nevada, which those of us from the United States and some foreigners understand that it is also called Sin City for very obvious reasons. But the the backstory of this book is the inspiration and where it came from. Isabel, tell us that story. I find it fascinating. Well, we need to go back a few years um, when my one of my daughters, uh, well, they're, they're the same age, they're twins, so one of my daughters, um, I think she was about 21, um, and she announced to me that she, on the telephone, that she had started stripping at one of the Melbourne strip clubs here in Australia. And uh, she, I, she'd already she'd, um, 
done a, a lap dancing course and um, you know she's had sort of photos and video footage of her doing that and I've and she was in the circus uh, doing aerials um, aerial hoop and you know aerial silks and trapeze fantastic she's really flexible and um, she explained to me that when she was teaching circus one of her her students was was a stripper and because my daughter wasn't making any money at all, she dropped out of university to sort of join the circus and then discovered she couldn't make any money out of it. And uh, she, she dabbled in burlesque and found that just the same. You know, you couldn't eat. And um, so she told me, yeah, she'd, uh, she'd started, started at a club. And I, was, I, didn't know what to, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know how to re respond. I, I could hardly say, oh, well, congratulations, darling, you know. Um, it, I was stunned. I was absolutely stunned. Um, I had no choice really but to um, to accommodate the information somehow. Um, I guess I'm grateful to her that she was brave enough to tell me what she was doing because an awful lot of these young women don't tell their mothers um, and or even their boyfriends sometimes what they're doing. Um, and the way I dealt with it was I had private conversations with some of my girlfriends and, you know, said, well, this is what she's doing now. And they said, oh, good on her. And I thought, wow, I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting, oh, <laughs> poor you, you know, I don't know how you cope. <laughs> and they said, oh, no, good, you know, good for her, you know. And um, I suddenly had to do sort of a, a 180 degree, you know, perspective change because... I don't know. I, I don't know. I wouldn't call myself a prude exactly, but very private person, you know, when it comes to sex and sexuality. I think that's private. Um, and then suddenly I'm confronted with um, with this, plus all the men, all you know, um, watching her. Uh, they're not allowed to touch in this club, so they can't touch her. But she's, you know, she's sitting on their lap. She's touching them. Um, and one day in 2015, I kind of got used to it. I got used to her dancing by then. And um, she'd start phoning me um, on her way home at night, you know, the, the end of a shift, an end of a 12-hour shift on six-inch heels, I might add. And she'd phone me to stay awake and uh, chat about her night. So I was beginning to, you know, get a picture of what it was like, uh, you know, both... Uh, dancing, the guys, the gu the things that um, dancers confront on a you know a nightly basis um, with drunken guys and guys on drugs and all sorts of stuff, and then behind the scenes in the strip club, in the ch changing room of the strip club, how the 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 women relate to each other, the young the young dancers. And uh, one day I, I asked her to talk me through a lap dance. I said, okay, so, you know, just tell me, like, you know, how, how, do, you, how do you do a lap dance? So I took notes and I said I was going to uh, write, write something, maybe write a novel. And I got as far as writing up this lap dance and then uh, I couldn't do anything with it. I just thought, oh, I've got no inspiration. About a year later, that got picked up, that got published as, as a piece of flash fiction. Um, and then that sat there uh, while I tried to find a plot. You know, I had I had all this this incredible resource of my daughter. Um, I suddenly became really familiar um, with this you know this inside of view, but I had no plot. And uh, you can't write a book without a plot. 
it's hopeless. What was it going to be, you know? Um, so when I finally did get the plot, you know, I had to, you had to invent a really nasty antagonist, a really vile man to, you know, be the perpetrator of awful violence. Um, once I had him um, and I had the concept as well of a guy... I don't know, I'm a little bit wicked, I have to say, Yvonne. I can't help it. I had this <laughs> idea of a guy... Yeah, it's, it's something... I don't know, the more you write, the uh, brings out the oh, poetic justice, or I don't know what it is. But anyway, he dies having a lap dance. That's what I thought I'd have, you know, this poor guy. Um, it has actually happened. I found out, you know, recently a club, a club um, not too far from where, where Vicky uh, works, uh, he... Uh, he had a heart attack. <laughs> what a way to oh go. My. Poetic <laughs> justice. Yeah. <laughs> but this guy in my book, in Twerk, uh, he doesn't um he doesn't have a heart attack, you know. Uh something is amiss, you know. Uh, was he poisoned? Was his drink spiked? Who knows? And that's where how it twerk starts. Um, yeah. And uh, so I'm very, very grateful to my daughter for supporting me and, you know, giving me all this information. And she's written a, a forward in the book as well in support of what I've done. So it's lovely. It's like, and, I, it's and very, thing, very hard to write. But the thing, the thing it's hard, that is, is so amazing, Isabel, is be, because your daughter does do the profession, she was able to give you information that you would not have otherwise known so it makes that book even more believable well that's right and that's sort of what I wanted to do is uh, portray um, as best as I possibly could what it is like to dance it's only one perspective I'm not an authority um, but I thought yeah a bit of social realism wouldn't do any harm you know, to con contribute, and in a sense, dignify, you know, add a little bit of dignity to mm -hmm. what is a very tough job, very, very tough job. Um, uh, it's got its dark side. It's got its seedy side. Um, I've gone for a little bit more of a glamorous take on things. Um, so, yeah, I haven't got, you know, um, I don't get into the real dark side of... Um, you know what it can be like to be a dancer because I thought, well, someone else will tell that story. I can't tell all of it, and um, <laughs> I also wanted, to, you know, I also wanted to entertain, and so I came up with a story that oh, it was hard. It was hard to balance the social realism with the need to write, you know, a gritty, you know, thriller with with scenes of horror and you know steamy scenes as well. Um, put it all together in one. One book um, makes me want to read it. <laughs> well, you know, oh, well, thank you. It was, I think, uh, having the support of my publisher, who you know, wholeheartedly involved right from the beginning when I told um, James Longmore of Hellbound Books the the plot that I was coming up with, and he he really encouraged me to to do it, you know, and rolled up his sleeves and. Um, you know, really, really did a, a thorough job editing and uh, making sure that everything was sitting right. So, I did get, I did get, although because I, this is written in American English and that's not easy for me, at all. 
um, I can do American spelling. Who can't? You know, you just word document has American spelling. But some of the language, you know, I did my best. Um, it's foreign to but you. But I didn't know. It's foreign. It is foreign. And I didn't know, for example, that in, in American English, there is no such word as fortnight. You no. say two weeks or, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and I had no idea. Well, one reviewer on, on Amazon um, picks me up on it and, um, you know, kept going on and on about it. In fact, two, two reviewers said about this word, fortnight. And I thought, oh, gosh, you know. 80,000 words, 84,000 words. If that's the only thing they can go off on, they need to go read another book because that's silly. (laughs) So what? It was funny. I I kind of raised the issue. I thought, well, you know, sorry, what do I do? And should I correct it? And, you know, these silly little things that people criticize you for. But, yeah, you're right, you know, if that was all they could find. Uh, I didn't do too badly then. (laughs) <laughs> Apparently they need to get a life. They got more time than they got money. They need to, they need to do something besides read books because they cannot appreciate a good story. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's the point. When when you get picked up for little things like that, you wonder, you know, were they really reading the story, um, and have something to say about it? You know, maybe that would be nice. Um, yeah. Still, I appreciate them reviewing it though. Well, um, you know, know what though, time. Isabel. I have to, and ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to tell you, what you just heard Isabel say is she can spell American English. She understands the difference between there and there and you're and you're and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But to write American English can be insane because we as Americans Yes, we speak English. Some of us do. Some of us, I'm not sure what we speak, but most of us speak English. But when you bring someone like Isabel from Australia or from England, who still, for lack of a better term, Isabel, speaks the Queen's English, our English is so foreign to them. And then to try to write it and try to get, because when we write, we hear the words being spoken in our head. And when we write, we write what's being spoken in our head. And while she's trying to write American English, you have Australians speaking the language. That's (laughs) right. That's exactly how it is. That's it. You know, and and I'm actually, uh, I, I, I don't know whether you call it, what the word for it is like bilingual in the sense that I've, speak English English and Australian right. English and you know and they're different and I have little Australian expressions they and I I will set books in England and have English characters and then I'm like wait a minute now is that word is that word an Australian word or is it an English word and I'm forever looking up words to, to see where you know a, sort of slangish words but but sometimes just adjectives or nouns that um, you know e- English people don't use, but they but Australians have invented. And so right. for me, because I grew up here, they're second nature. And yeah, instance, I come across I come across this all the time. You wouldn't an, and, an Englishman, a true Englishman, would not use the term crakey. No, and there's one in but Australia Australians called Skerrick. Yes. It, 
and, and, and also there's another one I came up with is drive versus driveway or hall versus hallway. Now, American and Australian English, you said hallway and driveway. But in English English, you say drive and hall. So I'm busy deleting way off the ends of my hallways and driveways when I'm setting a book. <laughs> well, you have a lot of courage, my friend, an awful lot of courage. And again, I go back to those two reviews. If that is the only thing those two people could get their knickers in a twist about, shame <laughs> on them. Uh, yeah, I, I, it, the reviewing has become um, everyone in today's society has an opinion and a right to express it. We review, we review everything. We review, yep. you know, if we bought Everybody. a car or we stay in everything. Yeah, and we and so uh, with books, anybody can be a book blogger. Anybody can write reviews. That people. Um, you know, don't necessarily know um, how to do it. Um, it's lovely that a lot of people want to do it because you know how it works with Amazon uh-huh. and rankings and you've got to have so many reviews or else, you know, Amazon thinks you're just rubbish and, you know, doesn't really uh, take any notice of you. It's all about rankings and that and numbers. It doesn't matter what people say as long as they, you know, give a a high star rating and you know say something vaguely positive yeah this was great and then you know suddenly you you rise up the rankings because you've got like i don't know 50 reviews or something and it's a weird it, world because it, it, in in it the world of books world. yeah it, it used to be that you'd get a serious review in a newspaper or, uh-huh. or a magazine uh yes yeah, uh very very uh And and the sad part is, the sad part is, Isabel, we as writers work very hard at our craft and we take great pride in our craft. And those who are standing on the, the edge of the precipice who are frustrated or who don't have the self-confidence or for whatever reason they're afraid to jump in that pool of fulfilling their dream and making it a plan they spend their entire life tearing the rest of us down I'm not going to play their game I refuse to play that game I know I'm a good writer. I know you're a good writer because for you to be able to write American English with bilingual English going on in your brain, that's a very busy place, my friend. Yeah, it is hard. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you are so well. I, <laughs> and I agree with you too. You know, it's um, everyone has a microphone today. And yes. so uh, we we get our heads chopped off. You know, I have I've, I since I, I um, uh, found your uh, blog, radio show, and uh, co- communicated with you. I've had another three novels published. They were picked up by a Finnish yes, through another three, and they've been picked up by a Finnish publisher, and um, the two of them are set. Um, on some Spanish islands off the coast of um, Africa called the Canary Islands. And another one is um, a biographical novel of occultist Alice Bailey. 
And some of your listeners may know Alice Bailey uh, as uh, perhaps the mother of the New Age, or they may know her name associated with the United Nations and the New World Order conspiracy theory. Uh, both of these things I tackle in that particular novel. Yeah, and that came out in early December as well, around the time of um, of Twerk. And so, I've kind of, yes, very kind of curious situation of trying to promote four novels at once and trying to get, you know, people to take notice and review and whatnot. So, um, yeah, I know <laughs> all about feeling decapitated over and again <laughs> by... <laughs> I love Fortnite. it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, really, you're gonna okay, worry I'm about this. Okay, I'm gonna say Fortnite. Oh, please! I'm gonna I love tell the, everybody on me. I love that word. It's Fortnite. a beautiful word. Yes. I'll be there I'm in Fortnite. I'm gonna tell everybody. Oh, yes, I love I'm it. gonna tell everybody in America. I'll say, oh, I'm doing this in a fortnight, and see, see? I'll do a little survey, a survey of go. all the people I meet. <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a it's a beautiful beautiful word. It's it's it rolls off the tongue easily. And I'm and sure that a lot of people do know what it means. Sure they I'm do. I'm sure they do. I'm yeah. gonna start using Fortnite in my books instead of two weeks. It does have a nice ring to it, doesn't it? It does. It's it fourteen really nights. There you go. It, it's it, yeah, short for fourteen nights, fortnight. So it's kind see? of got a logic to it as well. Yeah. See, see ladies and we gentlemen, you learn things on this show you didn't know that you didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm gonna start using fortnight. I like that. I like the well, ring to it. That's a, that's a good idea. I, I pick up American words. Like I'm, I might start using uh, parking lot instead that's a good of car one. park. Parking that's lot a, and um, and you have trunk, trunk instead of boot. Yes. Like car boot, and it's yes. a trunk. Maybe because it holds a trunk. I don't know. It's like shaped like a trunk. You store things in it like a trunk. So well, it kind of has a logic to it. But years ago, people, when, when automobiles first were, were put on the roads, Americans called it a boot. They didn't call it a trunk. They called it a boot. And and when it changed oh. to trunk, I don't know. Wow. That's fascinating. So yeah. Maybe we should ask Google. Google will probably know the answer to that one. Google well, seems to know everything. But I can't trust Google. Google lies sometimes. Oh, look, information on the internet. I looked up, like, what the weather was going to be like, you know, um, in, when I'm in America. Not not too bad, no, not too not too warm, not too cold, uh, not Google. too much rain. I was happy. But, you know, I go on about five different weather sites and mm-hmm. they all say something different. They're all different. I thought, where? who can I trust? You know, no, is it going to rain? Is it not going to rain? Mm. Trust yourself when it's you look peculiar. out the window, because yeah, the, that's a good idea. The, the 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 winter in the western part of the country 
can go from 110 to 23 degrees in the blink of an eye. Wow. And Las Vegas is in the desert. Now, during the day, it's hotter than Hades. But at night, it can drop down to 32 degrees. Wow. So you need a t-shirt and a coat. You need to dress in layers, yes, ma'am. Oh, and that's when when you get to Houston, when you get to Texas, you have to remember, Texas is considered as part of the South. So you're going to get a lot of yes, ma'am, no, ma'ams, and and ma'ams. Just go with it. From the little fellas to the big fellas. They, they, because Mm -hmm. their mamas would raise up out of their graves and beat their butts if they didn't say that word. I will go with it. I don't mind being called ma'am. It's okay. It's Do I have total to call respect. Them sir? If Do I call choose. them sir? If, if you choose. I, I have a choice. You have okay. a choice. Um, oh, it, it, nice. would, it would make them, it would make, it, true Texans, it would tickle them to death. Oh. <laughs> true Texans. I'm looking Some forward of the to doing that. And some of the imports, not so much, but true Texans, yeah, because it's a, it's it's their way of life. It's it's they're taught they're taught to res- the men are taught to respect women, women are taught to respect men, and they're taught to respect people in general. And Isn't that part lovely? of that? Yes, that makes it really nice to be uh, to visit as well because you feel. Welcome and you know valued. Um, it's nice also to um, instill a certain measure of grace in yes. in culture and treat people with respect as a matter of of form of of, of acceptable conduct. Can't exactly say that about Australians, but we are very friendly. Uh, you are people, friendly. Generally, we are very friendly. Yes, and. Um, you have quite a quite a, a sort of laid back um, attitude to things and um, and support each other. We're pretty, you know, strong on neighbours here, uh, neighbours and neighbourhoods and looking after each other. Um, that that's nice. Not everywhere, but you know, there is a tradition of it that's grown up over the over the centuries from the early settlers and the farmers well, and so on. If you think about it, Isabel. The southern states, that being Georgia, Alabama, North South Carolina, and Tennessee, were and were settled by Irish prisoners and Scottish prisoners that England threw out of Ireland and Scotland when they had their uprising. So they sent them in boats over to the southern states, which were colonies then, and they sent them to Australia to the colonies in Australia to work as indentured servants because they were political yes. prisoners. So that being, all things being equal, one could say that Australia could be considered a southern state. Definitely. Definitely. I agree with you. I was thinking about this uh, only last week, that there is a, a strong uh, similarity, a sort of a resonance between Australia and uh, southern states, especially uh-huh. southern states of America. Yeah, I don't know how see, I noticed that, but it was something I'm I picked up Ge- on. 
I'm from Georgia, so you and I already have a bond. Oh, that's lovely. I have a friend from Kentucky. That's southern too, isn't it? Yes, yes. Kentucky was split during the War of Northern Aggression, but it's those Appalachian Mountains that the Scots and Irish went to because it was a lot like their home countries. Lush and green and rain and yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I read about the, the Appalachians. A lot of the the herbs and the healing um, plants and the 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 different thing, the roots that the healers used that came from those countries can be found in the Appalachian Mountains. And it it was like wow. home to them. Yes, and that's why. I see. This is making a lot of sense now. Um, and a lot of them are years, and some of them still, way back up in Appalachia, still speak the old language. Isn't that wonderful that there yes. are pockets like that? Yes. That's, that's rich for writers as well, of course. Like we, we, oh, we absolutely. Tend to, yeah, we want to ferret these things out. We want to... We want to know about them and write about them. And also, in a sense, preserve um, these little pockets. Mm-hmm. So it's absolutely fact. My great-grandmother was American. She was um, a German uh, by, by birth, we believe. We can't find her birth certificate. And this is my mother's mother's mother. And she uh, migrated um, to America uh, about 18, the late the late 1800s, to Philadelphia, um, and wow, uh, she yeah she was. So I've been doing a lot of family history, and I believe she was a Mennonite, and uh, the Mennonites were, uh, were persecuted in Germany, and it uh-huh. came over to America in vast numbers, and out of the Mennonites came the Amish. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of Mennonite churches in 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 America, as you as you no doubt know. And uh, yeah, they had they came with money and they uh, bought farms and headed they headed northwest places like um, Colorado, Nebraska, Kansas, uh-huh. those places. I I don't know about um, uh, further south. Um, other Germans came. I know notice there's quite a few um, German names popping up in Texas. So uh, vast numbers of German people migrated to, to America. And, um, and with yeah, that, Isabel, it, you're not going to believe this, but our hours almost up. Yes? Yes, dead silence, ladies. I do this. This happens. Will you come back? Because we didn't even scratch the surface. Oh, well, of course I will come back. Where has the time gone? It's you did say that the time would disappear. It mm-hmm. completely disappeared. Talking about language we, and migration. And it all, how it all blends into our writing. So before we run out of time, first of all, thank you for being on the show. And when the show goes dark, hang out for just a second because I want to tell you some things. But I do want to thank you for being on the show and spending an hour with me. And tell everybody where you can be found because I know everybody's going to go by twerk now just so they can read Fortnite. (laughs) (laughs) 
You've got to find it. I wonder where it is. I don't even know where it is. Okay. Um, you can find me at isabelblackthorn.com. That's I-S-O-B-E-L, black, B-L-A-C-K-T-H-O-R-N, Blackthorn. And, and, and so it's my website. And also your books are on Amazon, correct? Oh, yes. They're on Amazon and, you know, quite a lot of other places as well. That's right. And there are links to Amazon and all of um, to to all of my books, and uh, and uh, you can find yes if you could Google me on Amazon you'll find them all as well. Perfect. And and ladies and gentlemen, trust me, you want to read this beautiful woman's work just just by talking to her tonight. She is so interesting, and she's coming to the States. I wish she would come to South Florida because she could come stay with me, and we could stay up all night talking about our differences and yet our similarities. That would be so much fun because this is what we do. This is this is our, our community. This is how we help each other. And with that being said, remember what I say at the end of every show, and that is we're all on a journey. Every one of us is on a journey, and, and we don't know what the other person's load is. So when you're out and about and you're you're talking to the cashier at the grocery store or the customer service rep in the retail store or getting your tires fixed, you're on the phone with AT&T because you're upset with them, just remember this. These people are on a journey as well, so be kind. You would be surprised at how far you get when you're kind. Also... If you want to achieve greatness, please stop asking permission because nobody's going to give it to you and you're already great. Teach your children that, that they are already great. They do not need anyone's permission to be great. They can achieve anything they choose as you can. Do not ask permission to be great. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I want to thank Isabel for being here tonight. It was an absolutely wonderful fast hour that just flew by. We didn't even talk about the things, some of the things we had on tap to talk about, but that's all right. We'll catch it next time. That's the beauty of this show. Once again, I want to say thank you very much, Isabel, for being here and spending an hour with me. I know the hour is late at your, at your home, and, and you're so gracious and kind, and I appreciate you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate the fact that you continue to support the show, that you tune in every night we have a show, that you share the show, and that we go into this new year and the front side of our third year together. We may or may not have a show tomorrow night. I've not heard from my guests, but we will have one on Monday night at 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time here on Off the Chain. I am your host, Yvonne Mason, with my guest, Isabel, Isabel Blackthorne. I can't talk anymore. And remember <laughs> Thank this. Thank you so much for having me. You Wonderful. are so welcome. Be kind to yourself, love yourself, and love your children. And with that being said, we will see you again next time here on Off the Chain. Until then, good night. Good night. Okay, the show is off the air, but everything that we talk about will show up in the archived part of the show when people listen to it. But I did want to tell you before I got off from here with you that this show goes up on iTunes and YouTube, FM.com, TuneIn Radio, 
two podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker and SoundCloud, and I know uh, podcast.com and Podcast Garden. When the shows go up on those other podcasts, when they go up on Podcast Garden, Podcast.com, Spreaker, SoundCloud, I will um, send you the links as well as when we get off tonight and the show archives, okay. I will post I will post the link on my page and tag you in it. My gift to you, my friend, is to take this show and put it everywhere. Yeah, thank you. And um, I will be sharing it as well. And um, just kind of engaging with your books as well. I've just got you up on Amazon. You're easy to find. And, you know, Yvonne, I haven't told you another little secret about me. I was born Yvonne. That was my name. Really? Yeah, See? and I changed it to Isabel. <laughs> I changed it to Isabel to to, to escape a, a bad relationship. Well, that was a smart I, thing I was on do. the run. Yeah, I was on the run. But how about that? So we've we've got a lot of connections. That's just wonderful. Yes, I love your show. It's just fantastic. And later on down the track, um, I want you to tell me about how... Um, I could be a sponsor. I see if I can even afford to do that would be nice. Uh, oh, honey, it's just so doing cheap. great stuff. It'll cost you ten dollars a month. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's all. Okay, and well, I'll look at that when I get back from. If you can from, send me details about that, then then I can um, then I can uh, when I get back from. I'll just send you a message, and when you get back from the states, you can do what you can you can do it, and and we'll set you up to come back on the show. When are you coming? When will you be back in Australia? Um, I'll be back on the first of February. Okay, when when so, you get back, let me know you're back so that we can set you up to come back on the show because I want to talk about your trip, what you saw, what you learned, what you found out, how you were received in in, in my country. I will be real upset if people didn't were not kind to you. I will call them out here on the show. And all the things that we didn't talk about tonight, we'll talk about. We'll talk about some more of your books. Lovely. Okay. I will definitely do that. I'll write myself a note to get in touch when I get okay. back. That's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, honey. And thank you so, so much for staying up late and spending an hour with me. Oh, you're more than welcome. It's just lovely. And thank you. All the best with your books as well. Yeah, thank, thank you. And, and and be inspired with your own writing too. Absolutely. Do me a favor. Just every once in a while, while you're on your travels, just tell, just drop me a line and say I'm here and I'm okay and and I'll be going here next and that way I can sort of we can sort of I'm sort of do a travel log so I'll know what to talk how to blend all that in when we next talk oh definitely I'd love to do that I'm just right, you as a friend how about that that works too <laughs> perfect okay yep. so go and get some <laughs> right, needed rest and thank you again my darling girl oh thank you Yvonne you take care all right honey we'll talk later Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye.